When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Ladies and gentlemen, thrilled to have you here for another epic debate. If it's your first time here at Modern Day Debate, want to let you know we are a neutral platform hosting debates on science, religion, and politics. And we want to let you know as well that no matter what walk of life you are from, folks, we hope you feel welcome. We're glad you're here. And, oh, you guys, we are pumped. If you have not hit that subscribe button yet, Please do so now so you don't miss this epic debate tonight. Namely, Vosh and Endernax will be debating tonight on Modern Day Debate. On this channel, they'll be debating socialism versus capitalism. So, hey, hit that little notification bell as well if you want to be sure that you don't miss that debate. It's going to be epic. And want to let you know, if you have been living in a cave on Mars with your fingers in your ears and you haven't heard that we have a podcast now, Folks, pull out your phone, open up your favorite podcast app, and see if you can find us. If you can't find us, let me know. We'll work hard to get on your favorite app. But we are on the major apps, including Spotify, Apple, you name it. And so we hope that's useful to you. And we've been super encouraged by how many people have been using that. So, hey, that's awesome. And we're going to get into today's debate. So for today, easygoing format, kind of like an 8 to 10 minute flexible opening statement from each side we're going to be starting with the professor following that we will go over to vegan gains for his opening and then open conversation after those opening statements followed by q a so if you have a question feel free to fire it into the old live chat and if you tag me with at modern day debate it makes it easier for me to get every question in the q a list so thanks everybody and with that want to introduce our guests and say thank you we're thrilled to have them and so we'll start with vegan gains richard thrilled to have you back and if you want to share what could people expect to find at your link to your youtube channel in the description so i mostly cover veganism related topics so i talk about animal ethics and i also cover health nutrition fitness so i do a lot of weightlifting content as well and occasionally I'll delve into some political issues as well. It is a, I've always enjoyed your style. So it's a, it's a fun channel, folks. It's, it's definitely, it's spicy. And so with that, we will kick it over to the professor. We're thrilled to have you here first time with us. So thank you for being here. And if you want to share about your background, we're thrilled to have you. Thanks so much. Yeah, my pleasure. Um, so uh, yeah, I'm a, uh, I'm a huge fan of vegan, vegan games. I must say I watch all your videos. Um, and I think you and I agree, or I agree with you on almost everything uh, that you talk about. I myself am a, uh, a trained um, physicist, a PhD in, in physics, and a professor. Um, I'm an atheist. I'm not a vegan, although my diet is very heavily plant-based, you know, 80 to 90 percent plants. 
I am an occasional hunter and fisher. I maybe if I'm lucky once a year. Uh, and health-wise, I'm, I'm very well into my 40s, uh, pretty healthy body fat, about 15 to 20 percent. And I am also an avid weightlifter. And I think actually, Richard, you and I have similar numbers. I'm about a 300 bench, 350 squat, and a 450 deadlift. Although I've probably been doing it longer than you. Um, yeah. So that's that's a background of me. Should I get into my kind of my my stance here? Absolutely. So with that, we'll jump into the openings and the floor is all yours, Professor. Thanks for being with us. Yeah, so my stance is pretty, uh, so I guess the debate topic, as I would formulate it, is is one that many have formulated, I think, with uh, Richard in the past, which is that I do not believe that veganism is uh, obligatory to be either moral or have excellent health. Okay. That's it. Um, Okay, so I do think veganism is a moral obligation. Um, I think for the same reason we give human beings um, a right to life, we should grant a similar right to life to animals. So my challenge to, I, I'm sure you've heard this before, my challenge to uh, meat eaters is uh, name the trait. So name a trait that is lacking in animals that justifies uh, murdering and eating them. Um, but if you were to find a uh, similar traits or a lack of those same traits in human beings in order to be morally consistent, um, you would have to bite the bullet and say, okay, we should take away, uh, you know, the right to life from those humans that are trait equalized animals. Um, and for the most part, I would agree with you. You don't necessarily need to be vegan for optimal health. I would say on average, vegans do tend to be healthier. They tend to uh, have lower risk of uh, multiple chronic diseases. But I mean, if you were to compare a vegan diet to a diet that is very low in animal products, you probably wouldn't find much of a difference between each population. But uh, with that said, I, I do think, you know, probably it is, it is best to avoid animal products for ideal health. Uh, again, vegans just tend to be healthier on average. And, um, but you can be healthy as a vegan. Thanks Great. So We'll jump into yeah, I guess um, this is great. I think we can save some time because uh, I think I'm basically in 100% agreement with you. I don't think veganism is obligatory for excellent health. Um, you know, I think uh, if you follow essentially the nutritional guidelines of the government, um, eat mostly plants and, and avoid saturated fats, that you can have um, some chicken breast and fish, and that it's actually uh, probably beneficial given your you know, particular circumstances. So, uh, you know, just for me, for example, um, uh, I looked into, you know, I don't know what your stance is on protein, but, you know, all the, what you hear from people uh, is that you should eat about a, pro, a pound of protein, uh, sorry, a gram of protein per pound of body weight. So for me, it's about 200, 210 grams of protein um, per day. And it's just very difficult to do that in a vegan diet. Uh, you know, um, we can go into details of that, but while it can be done, it's a, I would say it's essentially a bland diet and not something that you'd necessarily want to, to live by. And, uh, and I think that's actually um, you know, just probably healthier to, to be able to include some animal products in that scenario. Um, but I agree. Uh, I think you can be healthy, very healthy on a vegan diet. And on average, the vegans are probably healthier than non-vegans. Although I would, I would um, take some issue with the, the data on that, just that, you know, I think you understand that it's very difficult to do a very properly controlled study on human beings. And uh, the, the expectation of the difference in health, as you can measure by any given factor, is going to be relatively small. The variation across the population is going to be relatively large. And so while you can make the statement that on average, the vegan diet is healthier than a non-vegan diet, I think that uh, what you, you might expect as an individual, if you're already a relatively healthy person, is to have um, essentially no change in your in your health markers by going vegan. So um, would you more or less agree with everything I've just said? 
Um, I have a few disagreements, so uh, it doesn't really matter. Like, I don't know if it's a big enough of a deal for you to like flesh it out in the debate. Maybe we could just skip over it. But I, I would disagree that it's difficult to get enough protein on a vegan diet. Like I eat um, around 200 grams of protein per day, you know, doing weightlifting. It's pretty easy, especially with uh, supplements, protein powder. Like I just have like a protein shake in the morning, maybe another one later in the day. And then I just eat some high protein foods like lentils, beans, tofu. It's really not a big deal. Um, and on top of that, um, I like vegans do tend to have lower, uh, lower levels of cholesterol on average. They tend to have lower BMI. Um, they, they tend to have lower risk of diabetes and that seems to be independent of uh, BMI. There's just an inherently lower risk uh, from eating vegan. That's probably due to higher fiber intake. So I do think the diet does have some unique benefits to an omnivorous diet. Uh, again, like if we were to do some sort of properly controlled study where you compare, you know, a diet that doesn't contain much animal products, but just a little bit compared to a purely vegan diet, you probably wouldn't see that much of a difference between each groups, uh, each group. I, I do think the vegan diet would probably edge out the uh, infrequent meat eater diet, but I, I do agree, like there's a lack of randomized trials. We're mostly relying on just population data and, um, you know, with population data, you can get populations of people that eat like crap, and then you end up comparing them to people who are more healthy. You get a lot of, you know, confounding variables. Uh, but I think for the most part, we agree with each other here. Cool. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess uh, that wraps that up. So, you, so I guess we could say that a vegan diet is not obligatory for to have excellent health. No, no, I wouldn't say so. Okay, cool. Um, so, do you want to move on to morality then? Yeah, sure. Great. Um, well, I guess, uh, let's see, how would you like to start the debate? I mean, yeah. So, uh, um, why do you, do you make yeah. So, yeah. So why do you think it's okay to, uh, slash animals throats open? Okay. So, um, I mean, uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm happy to answer that question, but, um, before I do, I'd actually like to ask you a question. I think it'd be elucidating. Um, and that is that, uh, it's the same question to you. I've heard you say on, on your stream that, that there are, there are circumstances in which you think it's okay. So can you just um, clarify that? Like circumstances where it's okay to eat meat? Or, or uh, torture animals. Torture animals? Um, uh, well, let's say eradicate animals. Eradicate? Them, so I don't know if you equate that to... Okay, sure. Okay, sure. So um, I think circumstances where it would be okay to eradicate a species is perhaps if they're an invasive species and uh, killing them would reduce harm overall to uh, other wildlife. Um, I do think it's okay to uh, eradicate some predatory species. Uh, again, depending on uh, whether or not eradicating them would reduce harm overall. Um, and it, like in terms of meat eating, uh, I would say it's morally acceptable to eat meat. Like if you have to, to survive, like say you're stranded on a desert island um, like, I mean, if you have to kill a fish or a crab or something to live, uh, I think the, um, the like length, the lifespan of a human being, the quality of life, uh, the amount of well-being it can uh, experience is greater than that of like a crab or a fish or something. So I think it would just make sense to uh, basically kill another animal like that to save your own life uh, in that sort of okay. circumstance. But otherwise, like, I mean, if you know, we're 
modern human beings that live next to supermarkets. Uh, I don't think we should be, you know, slashing animals' throats open when we have plant-based alternatives. Right. So my answer is the same answer. I think there are circumstances that, that essentially require it. And I think uh, the definition of, of require is, is key and that we can get into that later. Um, uh, before we do that, though, I think, you know, I hate to go into the whole um, is morality subjective or objective, but I do think that we just, I think we can do it quickly. And I think it, it is important to do. Um, I mean, you called yourself, you stated many times that you're a moral subjectivist, right? You do not believe that uh, morality is objective. Is that correct? Yeah, I, I like. I don't know if there's a, a specific definition for moral subjectivist, but I don't believe that morality is objective. It, it, it's a subjective right. thing that we uh, basically have to agree on communally. So then, how can? Okay, so I'm just going to go back to the proposition of the debate, which is that veganism is, is obligatory to be moral. How that those two things seem um, intractable. Okay, well, no, this is just based on uh, your like some normative ethical beliefs that we share. So if you have some of these, you know, ethical beliefs that human beings should have rights, like a right to life, then I think by extension, you do have an obligation to grant that to animals. So I'm not making a statement that morality is objective and subjective at the same time. I'm just saying, based on uh, some beliefs that we already agree upon, you would have an obligation in order to be consistent with your moral views to grant some of these rights to animals. Are you saying that it's impossible for somebody to live in our society and not have the same um, beliefs that you have as an individual? Because I guess the, point, no, you know, the obvious point here is that I can have, well, I can have an, I can have a different set of beliefs from you, right? Yeah. That, 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 that generated a moral code that I live by. And according to my moral code, I am moral, even though that conflicts with your moral code. Yeah, sure. So that would mean I could be moral by the definition of, I think what it means to be moral, um, and not be a vegan if, if my moral code doesn't include veganism. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, you could be Hannibal Lecter and think, like, you know, it's okay to kill and eat people. Like, okay, based on his moral code, he's being moral. Uh, but, you know, again, this is something, like, you know, morality yeah, is something that essentially, it, it's it's something that encourages pro-social behavior. So it is something that kind of has to be agreed upon communally. Right. Um, I mean, maybe it's a, te maybe I'm being too technical in the wording, but I just want to make sure that we agree on that yeah, point sure. that the definition of, of morality no. is that you follow a code of predefined more, you know, rules. And if you follow those rules and you're being moral, and if your rules do not include being vegan, then you can be moral and not vegan. Right, but you could have some conflicting moral views, uh, and I think that's Absolutely. something that Name the Trait uh, is good at pointing out. Right, but wouldn't you say that, okay, well, why don't we get into that? But, but, but So then before we move on, I just want to make sure that we agree that by the definition of, of the debate here, veganism is not obligatory to be moral. You would, you would agree with that statement? Um, no, not necessarily. So again, if you have a set of moral principles, uh, like we can agree on something like fundamental human rights, humans deserve a right to life. If we can agree upon that, then I, I do think by extension, you have an obligation to grant animals a similar right to life. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not following you, but maybe we can just move on. Um, yeah, I guess maybe actually what might get to this issue is if we talk about very quickly, like, um, moral codes and, and, uh, okay, well, wait, um, wait, just, just to clarify things, like, would you say you have to not rape children in order to consider yourself to consider someone moral? 
Like if somebody was a so, child yeah, rapist, we, could you what, say? I think what we could do is, if it's okay with you, if we could just go through kind of like a high level of um, how we define morality. And then I think, why don't we get into these exact, I want to talk about name the well, trade. No, and, I, I'm just trying, I, I don't think we need to do that. I, I'm just saying like, look, we, we can agree on a set you know, number of moral standards. Uh, we don't have to go into like this meta-ethical discussion on like, what is morality? Like we agree on a set, you know, number of moral standards. Like, would you personally consider someone who rapes children a moral person? Like probably not. The first, the first thing I would say is that you and I do not agree on a set of moral standards because you're a vegan and I'm not. So the premise okay, well, is Well, we do. Well, no, 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 no. We do agree on some moral standards. Like we agree that it's on wrong some, to rape children, all. right? Yeah, yeah. Of course. Right. Yeah. I think we both. Well, okay. So then could I also just clarify one thing is that there's a morality is essentially just a list of rules that we agree to live by. Right. And I think what you're trying to do is say that um, those rules must follow from a set of axioms. Yeah. And, and I think a very important point is that that is not a requirement to generate a list of rules. You can generate a list of, a list of rules without having them be derivable from axioms. And I think actually our existing sure. morals, you know, ours, ours being the society we live in, the legal system is a great example of that. It's essentially just a hodgepodge of rules that um, some of them are based on, on some ideas and some of them are essentially just added for practical reasons. And I'm just trying to point out that what you define as moral is based on this list. It's not how we feel about the action. It's what's on this list. In fact, I would argue that feelings are a very bad way to generate a moral code because what feels good may not necessarily be good, right? You can come up with many things. You just talked about child rape. You know, the child rapist may really enjoy that, but we shouldn't allow that to be a, a rule in our moral code, um, or we, we don't have to, right? So I'm just trying to make a distinction that uh, a moral code is just a list of rules. It's not necessarily derived from a set of axioms. It can be, but it doesn't have to be. And it doesn't even have to be to be useful, um, right? You can, in fact, I would say that an axiomatic moral code is probably a bad way to make a moral code because it inevitably leads to uh, contradictions, right? There's no reason that the set of rules that our existing society follows should be derivable from a, a fixed set of of axioms, because they weren't generated that way, right? The, 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 the law that we have is something that people basically came up with over time to generate a stable society. So if you, if you force the, you know, having to derive axioms or derive those rules from axioms, you're kind of placing a constraint that is almost impossible to satisfy. So I just want to make that I, clear. I think that, like, you just kind of contradicted yourself. You said we derive, so you said we derive some of these uh, moral principles or laws from like out of pure practicality. Well, yeah, yeah. Um, that like that could be an axiom, like to generate more well-being. Like, what do you mean? Right, right. So, um, but at that point, though, wouldn't you say that you're essentially just, what's the point of having the axioms, I guess? Why don't you just, just, just define the rules? Why do you need the axioms? What are they at? Okay, well we generate rules f to achieve a certain goal, like uh, producing more well-being. Like the reason why we say, you know, it's wrong to steal or it's wrong to kill, it's wrong to rape, like it's illegal. It's because it just generates more well-being. It prevents people from harming each other and it, it creates uh, so pro-social behaviors that are beneficial to us. If we didn't care about some sort of axiomatic principles like uh, producing more well-being, then we wouldn't create these rules in the first place. I mean, I disagree. I think the reason that we have a moral codes is so that we can all exist in a, in a large and stable society. Yeah, I think it's essentially a, it's a it's a side effect of our of That's, our evolution. Okay, well, we have the goal of achieving greater well being and uh, improving no, no, our we survival. We have the goal like, of having our society continue. Yeah. Um, okay. Well being. Well being is a is a is an addition. That is well being. 
Uh, it doesn't sound like that to me. Um, okay, like well, things, I think probably correspondent, but not identical. Okay, uh, existence versus well-being is a little bit different, but in order to have well-being, you have to exist. So I, I'm, I, I think no, it's I'm fine that, to conflate um, the two. No, I'm, I'm saying that, um, that the moral system that we have today in our society, let's say, right, is the consequence of history. Um, and the reason that it exists is because it led to our society that that is a stable, stable way to generate um, interactions between human beings so that they can generate the society that we have. And so I'm basically making like an evolutionary argument, I guess you could say, right? There's many moral codes that you can write down, but the one that we have is sort of a, horse, a historical one that led to a society that is our society. And it doesn't need to be derivable from a set of simple axioms. That's the only thing I'm saying. I'm saying axioms are not necessary to generate a moral code. That's all. Okay, I, I think I get what you're saying, but uh, I still see this as sort of self-contradictory. Like we have the like we have the goal of existing. Okay, like we don't even have to like incorporate well-being into this. Say we have okay, the goal. Well, that's we an axiom. No, we just do exist. We well, have we have if, we if we okay if we you. well wait if we don't have a goal of existing, then can you explain how these uh, like these rules and principles and laws are created? If that's not a goal we have, yeah, I mean it's evolution, right? Animals okay, but we're, didn't do, will we, do you believe existence. we're conscious just, creatures? Do you believe we're conscious creatures, like humans? Uh, I don't know how this. Has to do anything. Okay, with so okay, so codes. are you telling are, are you telling me everyone throughout history never thought of continuing their own existence or the existence of no, of course species? not. I think, really, I think we evolved. No one ever evolved thought from, about how how we could better survive. No, I'm not saying I didn't say it. I didn't, I didn't say that. I said I don't. I was responding to your question. To me, I agree with that question. I think I think that human beings want to survive because they're animals and we evolved. And, and okay. survival is essential. The survival is essential to to evolution. You know, the genes that that don't have a desire to survive don't pass on their genes. Um, so, so what that means is that evolution essentially, you know, has programmed into us this this desire to to live. But um, there wasn't a desire to live before there was an animal, right? Sure. Okay. I, I agree. You need consciousness to have a desire for anything, including survival. Yeah. So I don't know, maybe we're at an impasse here. Um, I guess, yeah, I guess all I'm trying to say is that, um, you know, you can have different kinds of moral codes. Morality is all made up by people. It's essentially a side effect of our evolution that we live in, in groups and it helps us not kill each other and, and essentially maximize our, our ability to reproduce uh, um, by living in, in groups. And that there is, no, there is no requirement to have an axiomatically derived moral code for that. I actually think that almost every moral code that people follow is historical. Essentially, it's a unique path through evolution, through a cultural, uh, you know, individual and cultural evolution. So that, that's kind of my statement on the point. I don't know if you want to add anything to that. Maybe we can move on to some more um, like specific examples I think you wanted to get into. Okay. The issue I have is it sounds like you're trying to say that no one ever consciously makes any sort of decision to uh, make some sort of moral principle or law in regards no, to maximizing. That. Okay. You're not? No. Okay. I'm All saying right, then, that I'm um, saying that the universe doesn't doesn't care. Um, okay. But we we evolved we evolved in the universe due to just you know you know or, organic material turning into animals, and as a consequence of us uh, essentially of evolution, you have a desire to survive, and 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 you have a desire, and, and it, appear, it appears that to be a very successful animal on this earth 
it's useful to live in groups and to have morality to facilitate that. Okay, I, I think I see where this conversation is going to end up going. So are you saying it's okay to kill animals because it does not harm the social structure of humanity? No, I'm saying it's, it's um, I'm saying that, well, um, so you use the term okay, and that's, I'm sorry to be nitpicky, but but okay, by, by what metric are you saying? How do I feel about it or whether it's moral or not? Yeah, like whether it's moral, whatever. Um, right, so, so the answer is then it depends on your moral code. If you think okay. it's okay to kill animals according to your moral code, then it's moral. Okay, and, and the universe, you're, the universe okay, and doesn't you're provide any insight it, into that, right? As far as right, I can tell. Right, and since you're okay, and since you're debating me on this issue, you're saying it is moral to kill an animal for food. Well, if if you think that it's moral to kill an animal for food, then it's moral by by definition. How would okay. the debate premise? Okay, so according to you, you could think anything is moral and have a justification for it. So I could think uh, slavery is wrong, but rape is okay. Like that, that's just totally fine with you? Uh, no, so again, you're kind of being a little sloppy in your terminology. You're saying fine. Do you mean how do I feel about it or whether it's moral? No, whether it's moral. So you're, well, you're yeah, telling right. me. Sorry, sorry, sorry. It's not moral, <laughs> it's not moral well, because we do not allow slavery. Okay, that's so because code. we've, okay, wait, so. Are, are you saying because we've collectively decided whether or not something is moral, therefore it is or is not moral? Yeah, I mean, that was what I was trying to get to earlier when we were talking about the metaethics is what is the basis of how you generate a moral code? And I think it's actually essentially a popular vote in history. And I think we, you know, we voted over time and decided that slavery is now wrong. Uh, okay, so the Holocaust in Nazi Germany was right at the time, morally right? Well, to the people that were perpetrating it, I mean, otherwise, why did they do it? Okay, uh, well, there I mean, maybe are... Maybe you could disagree okay, well, with them, but... No, um, there are people who do things that they know are immoral, but um, other... Uh, let's see. I mean, I'm speculating. I, 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 I wasn't actually at the concentration camps myself, right? So I don't know. I assume well, that the people there... that did it felt that they were doing what was right, but so... um, maybe they didn't. So, yeah, there are people who do things that they know are wrong, but... Um, conflicting desires, I guess you could say, uh, make them still do it. There, uh, there was this really great documentary about a genocide in the Philippines. And um, the people who committed the genocide, uh, they were actually like horribly guilt-ridden over doing it. It's just that yes. uh, they did it over, you know, political reasons. So yeah. um, just because somebody does an action, that doesn't mean they know it's moral. And there are like... It. Yeah, there are um, like child rapists who are actually uh, horribly guilt-ridden after after they do it, and, and they actually turn themselves in because they feel so bad about it. But um, yeah, like agreed. So you're you're actually telling me that so long as you personally believe it's moral, it is therefore moral. I mean, I think that's the definition of morality. I'm not telling you what I. I mean, I think that that's what it means to be moral. I mean, do we? I, maybe it's just I'm, I'm pointing out a technicality, but it just seems to me that independent of me here talking to you, um, that is the definition of moral. Okay, so you could also uh, have a situation where, um, like, do you believe that you could have a situation where you could have a conflict with your moral beliefs, but absolutely, each, but each absolutely. each belief is still moral. Absolutely. So, so let's say like you think it's uh, morally okay to enslave black people, but it's not morally acceptable to enslave white people. 
you could say that's a conflict because there is virtually no separation between you know black people and white people. They're essentially the same aside from skin color. You could say that's right. like uh, conflicting, but you would still say um, their moral beliefs um, are like it is still moral for them to believe that, like that it's yeah, okay I mean, to enslave white, uh, black people, not white people. I mean, I guess what I'm saying is that um, there's Wait, you should make okay, a distinction so between. Actually, let, let me rephrase that. Do you think we should be consistent with our moral beliefs? Um, I don't. I don't even know what that question means. I'm sorry. Okay. Do I, can, you, I, can, I don't well, want to speculate. It's. Are you saying do you, do you, do you think do you, you should think we feel... should be morally consistent, <laughs> or sorry, ethically? Uh, do you think do, we, do you think we should be logically consistent with our moral in morality? Yeah. Um, I don't think that's necessary to generate a moral code that works. I mean, I think you okay. can point to many. It's not necessary to, to generate many... a moral code that works. Sure. Yeah. Um, exactly. Uh, I mean slavery worked i mean society still functioned um yeah. but i mean do you personally believe we should be logically consistent with our moral beliefs i mean i don't i, I don't know what that means do i believe it should i'm just telling do you, you, you personally do not have to be. believe do you personally believe we should be logically consistent with our moral beliefs um so you're, are you saying that there should be a an axiom from which all of our moral beliefs are all of our moral beliefs are derived. Is that what no, you're asking? I, I'm just saying, should do you believe we should? What's be the definition of logical consistent? consistency? What does that okay. mean in that case? Okay. If I have a list um, of rules and it says you can do these things and you can't do those things, what you're saying is those rules need to be derivable from a set of axioms. That's how you derive. That's how you define logical consistency, right? That's what you're saying. Wait, say that again. You're saying. Is the definition of logical consistency that all of the rules in your moral code are derivable from a simple set of axioms? Is that what you mean by logically consistent? No, uh, it, it doesn't even necessarily have anything to do with a moral system deriving from a set of axioms. I, I'm just saying. So then, how can you have two moral? Let's say, how can you have two rules then, if they're just rules that are written down? There's no axiom that derives them. How can you have two rules that are logically inconsistent? I mean, there's the obvious one, which like it is and it isn't, right? But um, I guess I don't understand, but yeah, I, I don't really understand, honestly. I think I think what you're doing is you're kind of mixing the, the difference between moral and feel, right? And what I would say no. is that uh, you should no, you should say how do you feel about the Holocaust, right? Versus was it was it moral, right? Uh, moral depends on the moral code of the particular people that were perpetrating it. You know, if I am to say, well. It was immoral. Well, according to my moral code, it was immoral, but I, I wasn't there, right? I wasn't part of that group. So what's the point of me making a, a moral judgment on them? It doesn't, I mean, I can do that, right? I can, I can, I can decide to make that moral judgment, but what's the point? So um, how logical, do I feel about the Holocaust? I feel that it was bad. Yeah, so logical consistency wouldn't necessarily be dependent on, you know, basing things off of some fundamental axioms. Uh, you could You could use logical consistency in the sense that, um, whether or not uh, rules are applied um, evenly uh, across the population, um, uh, you could still run into conflict with certain laws, even though they uh, like they they aren't based on any axioms. Um, great example of this is with like uh, electric bicycle laws. Uh, they're really weird. You can have uh, there's restrictions on um, the wattage output of the motor but there isn't any restriction on the battery, but the, the wattage output of the motor um, 
all that, like all the, the, the wattage output of the motor, it's not based on the maximum power output. It's based on how long it can sustain that output without like basically burning out. So you could have like a, a massive battery in an e-bike that lets you go like a hundred kilometers an hour uh, without modifying the motor, uh, the motor. So you could have conflicts in laws like this where they try to like limit the speed of a vehicle, but they also allow you to modify the battery so that it could uh, go way faster. Like, so no, um, what I mean by logical consistency is whether or not laws conflict with one another, whether or not they're applied consistently over the population. Huh? Yeah, I think you should avoid that. Absolutely. No, if that, if I if I understand what you were okay. asking, yeah, you should obviously have no rules that conflict in your moral code so that you can't satisfy both simultaneously. Okay, so, okay sure. And so uh, let's say when it comes to something like um, the United States Constitution, when it's when it uh, was first developed, um, you know, it granted people you know a right to life, freedom, but slavery was still allowed. So do you think we should apply these sort of moral rules consistently across the population, regardless of being white or black? Again, you're asking, do I think, do you mean me? Like, like living yeah, you today? Personally. Yeah, you personally. Yeah, absolutely. We should, we should okay. not, we should not discriminate based on, on race, but that's because, you know, I was raised in this, like the fact that I feel that to be true. Right. And the fact that I think that it's moral to, to not discriminate based on race. I have to fully admit is a consequence of the fact that I was raised in this society where that has been something we, you know, I was taught since I was born, right? But I can't make that same claim of like an Egyptian, right, who enslaved Jews, uh, you know, thousands of years ago because they were raised in a different, um, in a totally different society. So to them, it was moral to do it, and it probably felt fine. Uh, okay, so uh, you realize there were people who were against slavery since slavery has existed. Uh, of course. Like there there were people who were against slavery. Of course, yeah. Okay, and, and if you were living in that time, do you think uh, it would be better to be on the slide of anti-slavery or pro-slavery? What do you mean by better? Uh, would it, uh, like, based on your own moral views, do you do you think it's uh, better Having to Having grown up encourage... in the 20, 21st yeah, century, so, so, okay, yeah, of course dude, it's better okay, to not let have me slavery. Just, okay, let me just ask you this. Do you think it's uh, better to create more well-being or less well-being? Personally. Yeah, so, um, okay, so that's a, I think that's a good place for us to go, uh, is, is um, let's say, you're, are you basically saying that well-being should be an axiom from which we derive a set of moral rules? Uh, sure. Yeah. Uh, I think okay. we should uh, definitely consider well-being. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, I guess what I would say about well-being is that, first of all, it is just an axiom, right? So to be clear, um, I do not believe that you need to define axioms to derive, to derive a moral code. And I think that, um, and I think you would agree with this, that um, the axioms that you define are subjective, right? So, yeah. so I just want to make it clear that um, there's no reason, the universe does not tell us that we need to define um, well-being as like the thing that we need to maximize. It's just something we get to choose as individuals and, right. and different people can choose different things. So you can't spurn somebody for not choosing well-being um, because they're an individual. They have as much right to not choose well-being as you have to choose it. But just for the sake of, of the discussion, let's assume we choose well-being. Um, you know, I think that um, it's good, quote unquote, meaning that it feels good to do that and it sounds good, like superficially. But the problem with well-being maximization by itself is that it, um, you know, at least to 
uh, to potential con uh, uh, contradictions. And, and again, this is why I think in general axiomatic moral codes are a bad way to make a moral code because How there's no reason. Contradiction. Well, um, I mean, I, I'll give you some trivial examples that, that I'm sure you'll understand. But basically, the point I want to just make is that um, uh, we have preferences as individuals based on where we lived, where we were raised, our life, right? Um, there's no reason that any axiomatically derived moral code has to map in perfect congruence with those principles, right? Um, and in fact, you'd expect that that would not be the case most of the time because our, you know, our preferences are based on history, not an axiom. So there's going to be conflicts with our preferences in general when you try to derive a moral code from axioms. But if you don't care about that, you know, trivial examples are like, for example, um, you know, maximizing well-being. First of all, you can't measure well-being, right? We can only speculate as it is. There is no measurement of well-being that can tell you that this particular action in this particular organism has exactly this many, you know, quanta of well-being. So we're all basically just hand-waving when we're talking about well-being. But assuming you could maximize it, you start to get to some wacky things. Like, for example, you know, what is the thought experiment? Um, would you would you push one person into into the front of a train to save five, or or like kill a person to harvest their organisms? Uh, sorry, their organs and and um, save five other lives. I mean, you can very much if you only care about well-being, then you can clearly. Well, sure, I'm not I mean, saying I only care about well-being. I, I understand if you have right. only one single axiomatic principle where it's just maximizing well-being. Sure, you could take away fundamental human rights. Um, we could have right. other principles like, uh, you know, personal rights and freedoms that can't be infringed upon uh, just for the sake of benefiting a group. Um, and and again, we can absolutely we can like I, I'd agree with that. But um, like when we have a choice, like, do we support or take away slavery? Okay, well, it would certainly like maximize, like increase the well-being yes. of the slaves because now they'll be free. Yes. And it would only, you know, be of, you know, a minor hindrance to the slave owners. Okay, well, now they have to pay for employees. Okay, their profits aren't as high. Um, right. So right. Do you, do, would I you totally, not agree... Would you not agree that that's a better option than to not have slavery? So, so let me answer the question about well-being. So, I, first of all, I totally agree that um, um, well-being is something that you could you could use along with other axioms to derive a, a moral code. And and there's no reason to do it, and there's no reason not to do it. It's simply a preference. I mean, essentially, instead of defining the rules, you're defining the axioms, but you're still defining something totally subjectively. So, I just want to make it clear that that is not a moral requirement. Um, um, and uh, I guess I guess I would just point out then, like, why not just define the rules, right? Um, why do you need to define this complicated set of, of axiomatic principles um, that that can lead to these weird contradictions? Like, just just you know, take the next step and and just define the rules, and and make sure that they align with your preferences. I mean, you're, it's subjective anyway, so why not skip the middleman, which inevitably leads to these weird circumstances. You know, if you're going to have a list of axioms that's as long as the list of rules, what's the point, right? Um, yeah, that's all I have to say on on, on that. Do you do you want to respond? Yeah, I I still don't see what the issue is with having um, certain axiomatic principles. Um, like our principles are going to be essentially based on our preferences, regardless. Yeah. And sure, you might have. Um, you might have certain axioms that might conflict with each other, like you know the exact uh, the axiom of maximizing personal rights and freedoms versus maximizing well-being. Those can definitely conflict, but you can still have conflicts with preferences. You could have the preference to uh, want want to have personal rights and freedoms 
but you also want to be able to uh, maximize well-being. Like, I don't know, it just seems like you're playing a weird word game where, uh, like, for some reason, preferences don't conflict, but somehow axiom, like, axioms do when no yeah here, let me try to, let me try to clarify flag. that i think i think i understand what's being what's confusing here so the point is that the axiom is not a moral code is a list of of actual rules that you can either actual actions that you can either take or not take okay the axioms are not those actions the axioms are the principles by which that list is generated sure and all i'm saying is there is no need to have these principles in order to generate a usable list, you can just generate the list. That's all I'm okay, saying. Okay, sure, but I mean- You don't have you to, you use... can use axioms if you want. Sure, go for it. Who am I to tell you oh, Okay. I'm just saying that it's probably better just not to do that, just to find the list. It's easier. And it, it probably works better in most cases because by definition, you can only put things on the list that fit your preferences. Okay. Um... Sure. I, 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 I think the problem I'm having here is I, I don't see a meaningful difference between uh, like preferences and axioms. Like obviously the axioms that we're going to value like well-being, we have a preference to experience well-being, at least vast majority of people. So I, I don't see a big difference between making, uh, you know, a list of uh, axioms which we base our moral principles and rules on versus just going by pure preference. Um, and, and if think, anything, if we like, look, if anything, I think having a list of axioms is a little safer because if we're going to base things purely on preference, uh, I think personal preference can um, interfere with these rule make these uh, making of these rules uh, more than having a list of axioms that benefit the group more. Right. I mean, I, yeah, I think we could, we could go down this rabbit hole. I don't know how helpful it is, but I, I think um, prefer, there's a little bit of, of um, I think the definition of, of preference and axioms is, is being a bit muddled. Um, you know, when I say preference, I mean, like, can you do this action or not? You, you may have a preference to do the action, right, or not. And so you could just make a rule that says that this action is allowable or not. You don't need to, that's what I meant by preference. I'm sorry if you interpreted that to mean a preference is like, oh, I want to maximize well-being. I would call that an axiom that you can derive a okay. set of rules from. The rules, the rules are, you know, the actual list of actions that are permitted by your moral, by your moral code. And um, those actions, ideally, you would like them to not conflict with your preferences, meaning like what you would like to do for each of those actions, right? And I think in terms of like, how do we generate, you, know, you, have to, and you pointed out an interesting question, which is, what's a more effective way to make a moral code, right? And I think that's an interesting point. You're, you're starting from a presumption that maybe an axiomatic derived moral code is the, is the preferable way because it's gonna lead to better codes. And I guess I would just say that that's not necessarily true. Um, maybe if we were robots and we were starting from scratch, that would be true. But you know, the reality is that we're, we're, you know, we, we're animals that evolved and uh, we have a lot of history. And so as I pointed out at the beginning, you know, there's no reason for an axiomatically uh, derived set of rules to perfectly be correspondent with our set of preferences about what we would like to do for any any given action. So I would say that well, um, sure. it just seems um, to me more practical just to define the rules and all agree and let's just let's just choose rules that um, are going to lead to a, a successful you know society that can that where everyone can coexist. Yeah, I, I don't think we have a huge disagreement here. Um, so I, I think we might as well just move on. Um, okay. So like, 
Um, why do you have a preference to murder animals? Um, I mean, you know, you, you, you said at the beginning, the answer to this question, because I, I asked you the same question, there are circumstances under which um, it's, it's required. But I think, I think that's a great place to go is to define exactly those circumstances. Okay, well, okay, do you live in the woods with like a bunch of tribes people where you don't have any access to grocery no, stores? Of or course do not. you, okay, so why do you prefer to pay for animals to get tortured and murdered rather than just eat plants? Right, so, um, so I think uh, what, you're, uh, what you're talking about here, I mean, I think the, di the direction you'd like to go is based in uh, maximizing the wellness of the animals and the humans, right? That's the point. Um, Sure. We don't want to just maximize the wellness of the humans. We want to maximize the the, the wellness of the animals and the humans. Um, we want to maximize total wellness on the planet. No, not necessarily. Um, I think, like again, I still value things like uh, personal rights and freedoms. Um, but, like, if if we're gonna maximize wellness, uh, I don't know. That could lead to some pretty crazy ideas. Uh, yeah, agreed. But uh, like, I'm just asking you, why do you have the preference to choose to torture and murder animals versus just eating plants? I mean, again, it's, it's, the, it's the same question that you answer is that there are circumstances under which it's required. Okay, what circumstances require you to torture and murder animals? So, so like, for example, um, you know, you said in the past that if you had like an infestation of, let's say, rats in your house, that you would eradicate them, right? Sure. If that was the only so, way to get rid of them, yeah. If I had an right. infestation so, of humans in my house, I'd eradicate them too. Somebody okay. broke in. Right. <laughs> so, so, so you agree that there are times to kill? Yeah. Okay. So I, I'm yeah. asking okay. you. Yeah. No. No. Why, no I'm trying yeah, to answer. I'm, just, I'm trying to answer. I okay. promise. I'm trying to answer. So, so what is it that entitles you to the right to kill those rats? Okay. I would say. Uh, Personal property, protecting my well-being, uh, those two things. I mean, the rat's going to take your computer or something. Is that what you're saying? Uh, well, no. They can spread disease. They can eat my food. They can make me sick. They can bite me. Um, they're also just simply on my property where I don't want them to be. Like if somebody were to just wander into my home and the only way to remove them was to use lethal force, but they weren't doing anything that would directly harm me. Let's just say they were, I don't know, just sitting in the hallway. Uh, I, I still don't want them there. And I think because... You don't want uh, them there. You don't want yeah, them so, there. Yeah, so I think just because right. this is my personal property, which I own, and if, if there's a circumstance where the only type of way I could get rid of them is by using lethal force, then I think I'm entitled to do that. Now, if there's a, a less lethal option, like when I see bugs or something... Uh, in my house. I just pick them up, put them outside. I, I don't have to kill them. Right. So now, if I had an infestation, um, that wouldn't be practical. Like I wouldn't be able to pick up, uh, you know, literally a million insects that might be hiding inside walls and stuff. Right. So I guess all I'm, all I'm trying to point out is that um, you've, you've determined that your, you know, your preferences are superior to, to those of the, the rat's lives. Okay. Could, could you just could you just answer like the question, dude? Like, why do you have the preference to torture and murder animals when you have an option not to? Well, I'm trying to answer the question by, you know, actually getting into the detail. I don't. The question is honestly, it's just too high level and vague for me to give you an answer that actually makes sense. And that's what we're trying to do here. I'm trying to give you basically the basis for my answer. So, 
Um, basically, what you said is that um, there's times when your preferences, your well-being, are, are, are exceed that of the animal that you're going to kill. That's all I'm trying to say. And that is my answer as well, right? So um, you, you, however you define oh your, your own preference. Oh, my God. So you're saying just because you like the – okay, so wait. Just, you're saying just because you like the taste of meat, therefore it's okay to kill an animal? <laughs> um, uh, here's here's uh, here's what I would say is that um, uh, you want to oh, extend buddy. like I wow I thought debating a professor would be a bit more interesting than that tastes good bacon I, mean, I, I, did, <laughs> no, I didn't I didn't agree with you um, okay you, you maybe ran, ran with that a little too fast all I'm saying is that and you agree that there are times when your individual preferences as a human uh, exceed uh, the well-being of, of that animal to live and so you feel justified to kill it. So all I'm trying to say is that there, that you know if we let's just say quantify the well-being of, of all of all organisms, right? Uh, you and the rats in your house. You're saying that well-being. I think what you're trying to say is that um, you actually care about the well-being of the rats. So you want to include that in the calculation. But you've determined that your well-being by having them dead is larger than their well their well-being by living in your house as they get by living in your house. And so you feel justified to kill them. Um, no, and, not even that. No, not even that. Um... Let's assume, like, we could even apply this to human beings. Let's say, um, you know, a bunch of human beings moved into my house when I didn't want them. Let's say their well-being of living in my house far outweighs uh, my well-being of having them not in my house. I still think I should have a right to get rid of them just because I own that property. Yeah. Right. It's mine. I, I think, I, I don't think anyone should have a right to just intrude on my own property like that. So if the only way to get rid of them is by murdering them, I don't care if I murder like 20 people who uh, just end up living in my house, regardless of whether or not their well-being living in the house far outweighs my well-being of them not being in the house, I still think I should have a right to use lethal force if necessary to remove them. So it has nothing to do with, you know, there being a greater amount of well-being. Um, I mean, I it, think it has more to do, it has more to do with just personal, uh, personal property rights. Uh, that's just my own personal belief. Okay. Yeah. Uh, maybe we could move on. Um, let's see. You still haven't answered my question though. Like, why do you have the personal yeah. preference to torture and murder animals versus not doing so? Well, so, so yeah. So the, I guess the answer to my question, sorry, to that question is that if, if, I mean, my, my understanding was that what um, you and many vegans would like to do is to extend the wellness calculation to all animals, not just human animals. Okay. Right. Um, okay. Maybe, maybe, maybe we got um, off on a, on a tangent there with the, with the infestation, but basically that was the that was the argument that I was under the impression most vegans make is that we should not only consider humans in that calculation, and um, I guess really what it comes down to is that there is no machine that right now can measure wellness accurately. Okay, we we don't I, know. You're not answering we the question, dude. So can you tell me why you question. have the per? No, you're not. Can you tell me why you have the personal preference to torture and murder animals when you don't need to? Right. So if you if you try to um, measure the wellness. So what I'm saying is that um, the wellness to an to a human by eating an animal might be larger than the wellness that an animal ex experiences by dying or, or loses by dying. Okay, so in that case, it makes sense for if we're talking about wellness maximization and considering the wellness of all organisms, not just humans, it still is justified in terms of maximizing wellness for the human to eat the animal because the animal experiences more wellness than than the animal uh, does than it loses by dying. So there's a there's a there's a possibility just mathematically that a human that wellness is maximized by the humans eating the animals. 
I mean, I this think this is, is not. This is the this most is not crazy a... shit I've ever like. <laughs> this is amazing, honestly. Um, this well, is no. For like example, a... you say suffering. You say animal <laughs> suffering, right? So you say animal suffering. What is that oh exactly? God. Uh, okay, so they can suffer in a similar way that we can. Um, they have a brain, nervous system, nociceptors, so they can feel pain, they can be tortured, they can suffer. Um, they can also experience um, emotional distress. So when you isolate them, they can feel lonely, uh, they can feel hungry, uh, they can uh, feel like um, detached. So like if you rip a, a baby cow away from its mother, it's extremely stressful for both the mother and baby cow. Other animals are like that too. So they can suffer and feel pain in a similar way, similar way that we can. So like you're telling me the wellness, like just the taste pleasure you get from eating bacon is greater than the amount of suffering that they would experience from getting suffocated to death and having their throat slit open. I mean, I, I didn't say that. What I said that um, what I said is that it's possible to maximize wellness while still having humans eat animals. That's all I'm saying. Uh, okay, how in the hell could that be possible when you're right, so, you're well, murdering trillions that. of sentient beings? Right. No, exactly. I think that's exactly the point. Right? Is you have to somehow quantify, and this is where I think actually the vegans and non-vegans could maybe um, come together is that I think you should just recognize that you fundamentally disagree about the amount of wellness that a human experiences by eating an animal and the amount of, and, and how, how much the animal loses by dying, right? Okay, I think so... that most people that eat, sorry, if I could just continue for a moment. Sure. Most people that eat animals feel that the animal doesn't really experience very much wellness. I mean, I, I understand you disagree with that. And, and I've heard you make um, you know, long arguments about this that are plausible, frankly. But I think at the end of the day, the point is there is no accurate way to measure wellness. And so we're all just going to have to choose. We're all going to just have to make up our mind and say, this is how, um, how much wellness I think, you know, a chicken can experience, right? And, and, I, and you either deem it to be more than your wellness by, by eating it or less. And the, the answer to that question basically determines whether you think it's morally justified to eat the animal or not. Okay, this is, okay, this is really strange. So you're saying because a chicken cannot experience as much wellness as a human being, therefore it's okay to murder the chicken? I'm saying if you're trying to maximize wellness, then you have to calculate how much wellness the human gets versus how much wellness the animal loses by dying, right? Uh, and whatever's larger is the moral thing to do according to maximizing wellness. Okay, so when our most common chronic diseases are highly correlated to consuming animal products, when most uh, zoonotic diseases come from animal agriculture, uh, the recent coronavirus outbreak, uh, mm -hmm. you know, uh, as a great example, so what, two million people and counting have uh, died from a bunch of people thinking that, uh, you know, eating bats is okay? Um, you think that maximizes wellness? I mean, I, I'm not making any, I'm just talking in theory about um, why people disagree with you and other vegans on whether or not it's moral to eat meat. Uh, I think that many people do not think that animals experience as much wellness as many, as you, as you do. You, you assume that animals experience more wellness than people that eat the animals uh, think. And you I, just disagree on that point. I don't even see how that matters. Uh, okay. Like, like I, I'm not basing this off of what degree of wellness an animal can experience? Uh, I think they're sentient. I mean, that was the definition of wellness they... maximization. Sorry? That's the definition of wellness maximization. We, we started this saying that we want to maximize wellness for all beings. So okay, well, it is okay, literally well, based on that. Well, wait. 
Okay, well, wait a second. Um, how the hell are we maximizing wellness for all beings by systematically torturing and murdering trillions of sentient beings each year while increasing risk of disease, uh, death and pandemic diseases among the human population? Well, can we can we just uh, focus in on the morality issue and not necessarily on on the side of, you know the other effects of, of consuming animals? I agree, there's a lot of problems with agriculture, okay, sure. and disease, okay, and so sure. on. But we're just talking about the morality right. of actually eating the animal. Okay, killing and um, eating the animal. Okay, so by your okay, so by these standards that you're creating, um, let's say we determined that um, it would the wellness of a tribes person. So like an untact, uncontacted tribes people, like, I don't know, the Sentinelese, it's far less than the wellness of, let's say you or me. Does that make it okay for us to enslave the Sentinelese because uh, we get a, a ton of wellness from enslaving them versus them not experiencing much wellness anyway? I mean, absolutely not. And this is why I think that, you know, max, first of all, having an axiomatically derived moral code doesn't make sense, right? Um, and, and why maximizing well-being leads to- Okay, well, I, I never said- but I'm not uh, okay, the one so making the wait, claim. wait, 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 listen. I, I never said the only thing I care about is maximizing well-being. Well, what's the justification then of including animals, uh, to, of not eating animals if it's not that? Because of uh, my opinions on human rights, I think sentient beings- No, we're talking about animals. Why should you not kill animals? If you're trying to maximize, okay, well, my, if you're my not trying to maximize their rights. well-being, what's the point? Listen, of listen, them? my my ideas on animal rights extend from human rights. Okay, I'm not quite sure how that is related. Maybe you can explain. Okay, so my ideas on why like animals should have a right to life, uh, it's just an extension of human rights. I think for the same reason we grant uh, other human beings a right to live, we should grant animals a right to live. That's why. Um, so I, I never claimed. So look, I, I did say one of my axiomatic principles is to, to attempt to maximize well-being, uh, but I didn't say that's one of like my only axiomatic principle. And I, I don't even really necessarily see how that, even right. if it was my only principle, I don't even necessarily see how that um, creates guess, an issue. Yeah. Here no, I agree with you. I think that we could just have said, you know, you and I disagree on what our moral codes are and, and that could have been the end of the debate. I'm just trying to, to, to understand, like, is there, do you have a, a an argument for why we should include, I understand you would want to include animals in the, um, you know, in the, the same realm as, as, as human right, of human rights, right? But what I'm asking is, is there a, a reason to do that? Do you have an argument for why that should be done? And I thought, but maybe I was incorrect, okay, wait, okay, that wait. your rationale for that is, is to maximize their wellness. I think, I think we can um, try and wrap this up a little bit. So would these same principles, um, the same reasoning apply to humans? So like the same principle of if we find humans that lack well-being uh, and we obtain well-being from systematically torturing and murdering them, would that justify, you know, torturing and murdering human beings just as we, you know, torture and murder animals? I mean, if, if what you're saying is that your goal is to maximize well-being and that's all you care about, then I mean it would seem. That I, I'm asking question, for you right? personally. Well, no, I'm asking. No, for me for personally, personally, murdering humans is wrong. For me personally, absolutely wrong. Okay. Okay. So then, why are okay? So wait, like you don't see that as like inconsistent? So you're saying it's okay to apply Sorry, these sort explain? of principles? Wait. So you're saying it's okay to apply these principles to uh, to animals, but not to humans? I'm not sure what you're talking about. So you were telling me if we find 
creatures that have that do not have as much well-being uh, that cannot obtain as much well-being as we can and we obtain a significant amount of well-being from systematically torturing and murdering yes. them you're saying that justifies you know um, if you're if, if you only want to maximize well-being then yeah that, that's i'm that's, talking about your own personal beliefs no i told you my own personal belief is that murdering humans is wrong Okay, so I don't agree with an axiomatically derived moral code. And, okay, are, and are you just? If I were to okay, choose wait, wait. Are you literally just saying that um, I think it's okay to kill animals because I want to? Are you talking about yourself? No, I, I, I'm asking you the question. I'm not talking to myself. I'm asking: Are you literally just saying you think it's okay to kill animals just because you want to? No, no. I'm saying that. Uh, first of all, I guess I'm saying two things. Uh, what I actually believe is that. To be moral, in our existing moral code, you can kill animals. Okay? That's that's number one. Number two is that if you, this is a thought experiment, if you care about maximizing well-being, then you can come up with a circumstance where it actually makes sense to kill the animal. That's all I'm saying. Okay, okay, you know what? Um... No, I'm gonna throw. I'm gonna just ask you to name the trait again. So you're saying we can apply this sort of reasoning to animals, where if they lack well-being, then it it's totally fine to you know kill them. But you're not gonna apply that standard to human beings. So can you name the trait? Can you name the trait that's lacking in animals that justifies this difference in treatment? Yeah, I, I think you didn't understand my answer. But um, according to the moral code that I live by, it's okay to kill animals. Oh, okay, so, so are you you're asking me that? Or okay, are so you asking, you're you're are you literally asking? just saying you arbitrarily just decided to murder animals, and that's your justification. Uh, what I'm, I mean, what I'm saying is that it's moral in in our society to kill animals. I'm not sure what else you're asking beyond that. Okay, so if anything is moral in society, exactly that therefore asking? it's moral. So if we live in a society where it's yes. okay to murder gay people, that's moral. If we live in a society where slavery is okay, that's moral. If we live in a society where it's okay to rape children, that's moral. That's what you're saying? The definition of moral is if it... it okay, are you using that follows, as a justification to eat me? Are you using society's moral standards as a justification to eat me? Uh, I guess, um, what do you mean a justification exactly? Like, are you I'm saying, saying it's, it's, okay? it's moral like, to eat you, animals? I'm saying it's moral to eat animals. What do you mean by justification? Okay, okay. So you're saying, you, you're telling me it's moral to eat animals because society says so. I'm saying that our society, in our society, it's moral to eat animals, yes. I mean, is that news okay. to anybody? And that is your justification to what do you consume mean by justification? animal products? Like, that's what do you how mean you justify that. That's how you justify that action. That's how you justify torturing and murdering animals because society says it's okay. It's okay. I mean, I'm not, I'm not exactly who am I justifying society... it to? Uh, okay, you know what? I think this debate's over. This dude's just fucking dodging. No, I'm trying to. I'm honestly trying to answer your question. I really don't understand what you mean by justifying. Uh, he, he's just. Professor, he's just dodging. At I this think point. he means like justify, like give a reason for why you say this is why it would be okay. You recognize it causes harm. I'm asking you, how is that harm justified? And it sounds like you're saying because society says it's okay. So is is that? I your mean, answer? I think. Here, here's, I guess, here's, here's maybe more color on the answer. Thanks, James, for, for explaining. Um, uh, first of all, is I think that the, the actual answer is that it's moral to eat animals, right? But, uh, but further insight into it is that I personally don't believe that animals experience even a modicum of, of the well-being that humans experience. I think that sent sentience is a spectrum, 
and that humans are absolute outliers on that spectrum. We're, we're, we're so weirdly smart compared to every other animal on this, on this planet that we can't even conceive what it's like to be uh, one of those animals. And so, again, we've never concocted a machine that can accurately measure well-being, but my guess is that we experience a lot more, sorry about my baby screaming in the background, uh, we experience a lot more well-being than um, by eating an animal than that animal loses by dying. Um, that's my personal feeling. Okay, okay. Oh, so that's how you justify killing animals? I mean, I would say that's my feeling on the matter is that um, humans probably experience a lot so, more well-being. Okay, so, okay, so that's how you justify animal killing animals. Okay, so if we trade an equalized human being to an animal where that human being has uh, the same limited capacity to experience sentience and well-being as an animal, you're saying it's okay to uh, kill the human being in that, in that no, circumstance? No, because, because, because in our moral then name code, the trait. it's not okay then name to the kill. Trait. Then name the trait. Sorry, but um, then name the trait. Name right, the, trait the, the, that, the trait that justifies. Name the trait that justifies that difference in treatment. Right. So the moral again, I'll tell you that the moral code that I follow is our, you know, the moral code that essentially everybody, almost everybody in our country follows, which is that you should not kill. You're humans. not naming so, the trait. Name the trait. The trait is human. Uh, okay, human plus human. very high uh, intelligence. Yeah. Okay. Very high so intelligence, sentient. You know, very high sentience and 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 humanity is the traits that I think most individuals would agree why you shouldn't kill people. The trait is human. Can you define human? Uh, the trait, yeah, the trait is a, is a, a human according to, you know, the, you know, all, I mean, can you define human? I don't exactly know what that means. I think you know what I mean is when I say like human. Genetic? Like, is it some other weird, like, I don't know, esoteric, no, no, philosophical it, belief? It, yeah, so to be clear, that it doesn't need to be one trait, right? It can be a trait plus another. So it's two sure. traits. But this is my personal preferences, by the way. I'm not speaking for everybody. The trait is human plus uh, very high sentience. So those two things together make a trait or traits that define animals that you should not kill. Um, or I don't think you should kill. But yeah, maybe, you know, it's a different question of what I think versus what's moral, right? And I just want to make that okay, distinction. Okay, okay, so we, okay, so I gave you a hypothetical where the human is trait equalized to the animal. So it has a limited amount of sentience. Okay. Right. So let's say you found a human being with a limited amount of sentience. Um, this like does a, happen. Yeah, right. There are like genetic defects. So let's say uh, we had some sort of technology where we could change its genetic code. So it's no longer human. Would it be okay to murder the human then in that circumstance? Since it's no longer human and it's trait equalized. So, to the animal? so you're saying you take like, somebody that has the intelligence of an amoeba and you morph no, them into... No, 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 Like the intelligence of a cow, chicken, pig, deer, the animals that you kill okay. and eat. Okay, so the intelligence of a cow, let's say. Okay. Um, so it's a human being that has the intelligence of a cow and you just you do some magic to it and you turn it into something that looks like a rock and it has rock DNA or something, but it still has the intelligence of a cow. You're asking me, Why is it okay to kill and eat that? Like, it's so bizarre how you immediately go to the, like, oh, uh, an amoeba, oh, a rock. Like, no, let's just say it doesn't even have to look different. It's okay, just it turns into a different. cow. It's no it longer has the human. intelligence of a cow and it turns into a cow. Is that what you're asking me? Sure. No. Fine. <laughs> so, so sorry. Just to, sure, fine. Just to clarify, forgive me. Just so, like, just that it's a human being and it's <laughs> a, one which has low intelligence such that its intelligence would be compatible to that of a cow. 
Yeah, I mean, if it's a human being, Okay, so let's say we, so like, again, uh, we could like just modifying its DNA so it's not human. It could look exactly like a human, theoretically, but just not be human. So it can't interbreed. It doesn't have the, you know, chromosomes and DNA that a human has, but it could look exactly the same. You'd be in favor of murdering uh, that creature? Yeah, it's a, if it's, well, I mean, when you say it's not a human, I, but so it lacks human DNA, but it looks exactly like a human. I mean, I think that would be, that would be hard to kill, to kill something that looks like a human because I've been raised in a society where killing humans is wrong. But I'm I guess, you know, you whether or not it, it's morally wrong to do so, according to, well, like, according to my moral code, you should not principles. kill humans. So if you're right, according to my moral code, you should not kill humans. If it is no longer a human, then you can kill it. Okay, cool. Uh, all right. Um, that satisfies me. So if you're mentally disabled and your DNA is just slightly modified, uh, according to the sky, it's okay to, you know, murder that. You know, I said if it's not a human. Yeah, right. So not if your DNA is slightly modified, so it's no longer technically human, it's Sorry, okay to I, murder I, I, you. Not, I would still consider that a human. Okay, great. So uh, funny, how, like, it's funny how you just weasel out of this. So we already, you already agreed, no, you already agreed to a definition of what you, what we consider human. It has to have human DNA. If we just modify its DNA slightly so that it's no longer human, then it's okay to murder you. I mean, sorry, sorry if that's what I said. I don't actually believe that. I think I'm just trying to clarify because you sometimes use pretty sloppy language and it's hard to know exactly what you're saying. But if you're saying that the thing looks basically like a human, you know, uh, in every way possible, except that it has the intelligence of a of a person of a cow, and its DNA is slightly modified. I would personally, I would call that still a human. So I would feel very bad. <laughs> that I don't think it's okay, personally. So your own subjective interpretation of a human? Absolutely, morality is subjective. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, I think this argument's over. Might be a good time to jump into the Q and I want to let you know, folks. First, I have linked Richard in the description, and Professor does not at the moment have a link, but if it ever uh, comes about, I will put that link in there someday if there is one, and also want to let you know, oh, all of our Super Chats, 100% of them are going to go to charity today for this debate, so... Uh, I don't want to speak over Carissa's debate because she set up a different one for tonight. But for this one, all the Super Chats are going to save the children. And so that's basically focused on educating and helping feed children throughout the world and impoverished nations. And so thank you guys so much for your questions. And we're going to jump right into those right now. So thanks so much. This one coming in from Snake Was Right said, If morality is not objective, anything is moral and morality is meaningless. How is this any different from opinion that I can reject subjectively? I think that's for you, Richard. Okay, sure. Um, so the reason we have morality is for practical reasons. It has pro-social benefits. So if a moral system lacks those pro-social benefits, let's say it has antisocial effects, then uh, it's like you could you know, still technically say, well, this is moral, but I mean... Uh, the reason we develop these moral systems, or a big reason, is because it has those pro-social benefits. So it protects other people. It uh, not, not only protects individuals, but it also protects the group. Uh, so yeah, you could have a moral system where it says it's okay to like murder, you know, murder everyone, rape children, horrible things. Um, but no one's going to agree on that because it doesn't protect themselves or the group. It doesn't have those pro-social benefits. Um, I don't I don't even understand how this even proves that morality is objective. Usually people who have this belief that morality is objective, they use this sort of argument. Well, oh, if it's not objective, then it's useless. That's not an argument for morality being objective. 
that's just you coming up with some sort of argument for why we should believe morality is objective, but that doesn't actually prove morality is objective. Gotcha. And Steph Karum, Karu, Karuba, thank you for your question, said, I hope the professor will comment on this later. Society already generally agrees that it's immoral to harm sentient beings when it's not needed, and the professor already agrees that it's needless health-wise. Um, I'm not sure. Is that a question? So during the Q&A, like super yeah, chats, it it's sounds... like a, we just let people, if they want to raise an objection, they can do that too. Yeah, it sounds like that was directed to you. So the person's basically saying that, okay, well, since most of society agrees it's wrong to harm animals, and you've already agreed that it's not necessary to eat animals, like, doesn't that mean you, in your own moral view, you should not eat animals? Right. I mean, I would, I would go back to... Uh... I mean, I'll say the same thing over again. First of all, it's moral to eat animals according to our, our society and the moral code I live by. But if we if we take wellness maximization as the as the axiom that we want to apply here, that there there is a possibility that humans derive more from eating animals than the animals lose. By, he he by wasn't arguing eating. for wellness maximization. He was just pointing out that most of society agrees that it's wrong to harm animals needlessly. Right, because that would reduce their their wellness without a benefit. Needless okay, means no but, but you've already, okay, needless, okay, so needless means no benefit. Okay, so if I yeah, rape a child, it? that means it wasn't needless <laughs> uh, since I, like, I had Sorry, a personal I benefit from it. I don't, I don't quite understand what you're asking me. Okay, so, so you're telling me if I killed and eat a, ate a person, and then you asked me, why did you kill and eat that person? I said, well, I need to eat something. You're saying that that isn't right. needless? I mean, if your point is, that's why I think wellness maximization is a really bad rule to follow. I mean, I agree Did with you. you. Listen I don't think we to use... what anyone like says to you. Uh, honestly, I'm not exactly sure what you're asking me. What you're saying is that the person who's raping the child gets benefit from it. And so that justifies it. Is that what you're saying? No, I'm asking about your definition of needless. Like if I were to do something like, okay, let's say I could choose to either eat a steak that I got from a grocery store or kill you and eat you, would you say that it's, uh, I needlessly killed and ate you? Uh, yes. Okay, so... I mean, assuming, you, assuming, that you get okay, the, then, assuming you get the exact same benefit from both, right? Then okay, the why does it have to be means, exactly the same? Let's say I got slightly more benefit. Well, no, let's say I got well, slightly more benefit on. from eating you. Maybe I got slightly more benefit from Define eating needless. you. Let's just go to, I hate to do it, but just because we have a lot of questions. Okay, sure. We, um, this one coming in from Snake Was Right says, why be consistent if it's only subjectively good? I think that's for you, Richard. So, sorry, repeat that again? They said, why be consistent if it's only subjectively good? Why be consistent? Um, because consistent consistency usually leads to um, more beneficial outcomes. If we're not going to be consistent and we have that principle that consistency doesn't matter, that means like we don't have to, you know, apply anything consistent, uh, consistently. We don't need logic or reason. And I think if we just totally ignored logic and reason, um, that would lead to worse outcomes. And that's not something most people want. Um, again, like this doesn't prove that morality is objective. The only argument I'm making is that, uh, you know, if we have a goal to like, you know, increase our well-being, uh, live in a productive society, 
then yeah, consistency is important. And if other people have that goal, then yeah, we need to use consistency. Gotcha. And thank you for this question. This one coming in from oh, super sticker. Appreciate it, Woody. Thanks as well to it's a beautiful thing to follow. Sorry, I can't read the rest of your name. I think it said Christ, but uh, thanks for your donations to save the children as they said hi and save the children times two. Grimlock, thanks for your question, said, I lift a total of six tons every night on a plant-based diet. Vegan for four years and going. Carnism is trash, LOL. Gotcha. And thank you very much. Uh, if you want to respond to that, Professor, you can, but I don't know, maybe you're kind of like, hey, I'm... I, I think you can be totally healthy on a vegan diet, and you can... I think it actually has optimal macros for weightlifters because you um, need a lot of carbs. It's just hard to cut on. Gotcha. You can in do general, it, but it's, it's difficult. Oh, sorry to cut you off. General Balzac says, vegan gains are coyotes, wolves, tigers, and bears all immoral based on your standard? Um, I'd say they lack moral agency, um, but are they doing something that uh, generates a tremendous amount of harm by killing and eating other animals? Yeah. Um, you know, based on my moral beliefs, I'd say it is moral to kill off a species that is, uh, you know, mass murdering other species. Uh, like for the same reason, I'm fine with, you know, human beings killing xenomorphs like in aliens, you know, if, if that were ever real, like nobody would disagree that it's, you know, wrong to kill off xenomorphs uh, for the same, like for that same reasoning, I think it is fine to, um, you know, kill off, you know, these predatory species. Uh, now, despite them lacking moral agency, sure, it's not their fault. Sure, they do it out of necessity, just like xenomorphs. But why would you allow like, you know, these mass murdering creatures to exist if yeah. you don't have to? Gotcha. Thank you very much. And thank you for your question. This one coming in from Twitch. We have Twitch, folks, and we're live on it right now. Question from Urban Heat says, what do these speakers think of the intersection of capitalism and veganism? Okay, um, I guess I'll go first. Uh, I don't think capitalism conflicts with veganism. And I think there's a lot of issues with things like uh, socialism and communism when it comes to veganism. Like, um, sure, you could maybe argue when there isn't a profit motive to do certain things that you could maybe more easily push towards plant-based eating because, you know, there isn't an industry that's trying to cater to, you know, supply and demand. Uh, so, you know, the government could just take action and say, okay, you know what, this is better for society and then that can change. But um, at the same time, you could have bureaucratic slowdown where, okay, if a lot of uh, members of a society or, you know, members of government just want people to keep eating meat and torturing animals, it can be a lot more difficult to change things over versus, you know, in a capitalist economy, things can change like that. Like if a company sees, oh shit, like plant-based products are, you know, really taking off and popular, let's just make plant-based products from now on, you know, they can make those sorts of changes. So I don't see how capitalism uh, necessarily conflicts with veganism. I think you can have a capitalist economy in a vegan society. Gotcha. I would, I would more or less agree with that. I think just to to add, actually, I think, um, you know, if, if we wanted to maximize wellness, um, you know, you could imagine a, a, a society where, uh, you know, we cared about the wellness of the the, life, the animal's entire life. So not only its death, but, you know, everything leading up to that death, in which case, actually, I think you could have a fairly humane way of raising and killing animals such that the total wellness uh, of their, of their, their, their summed wellness over their entire lifespan is actually positive. Uh, and I think 
you know, it, it, I don't know how you would make that a rule in a capitalist society where you're, you're driving towards maximum profit. There need to be some legislation, but I think you could have a capitalist society where uh, something like that existed. Gotcha. And Ralph Ellis, thanks for your question, said, Vegan gains, how many insects and animals are you willing to harm and displace with sequestering habitats via crop appropriation and harmful farming practices? Okay, so uh, the uh, huge increase in uh, soybean, like growing soybeans, is actually due to animal agriculture. And if you look at every single major, um, you know, like wildlife organization, agricultural organization like the FAO, uh, they all agree animal agriculture is the number one cause of deforestation. Um, the reason, you know, these crops like soybeans are so popular right now is they're being fed to livestock animals. So if you're actually concerned with things like deforestation, habitat loss, uh, loss in biodiversity, you should stop eating meat. Yeah, there are animals that are killed just to produce plant products like that we eat, like, you know, beans, lentils, wheat, stuff like that. Um, but that is the best option we have right now. Um, if you consume animal products, it's only worse. Actually, I have a question on that for you, uh, Richard. Is um, sure. Don't you then feel that you're morally ob obligated to consume, consume the plants that cause the least amount of animal death? So the only rationale then for eating other plants is taste pleasure. Uh, you no, should you should uh, choose, no. you should select a a subset of plants that is that you can survive on that causes the least amount of animal harm. No, uh, so I I can come up with a number of reasons for that. Um, I could say I don't see a significant enough difference between each plant product to really justify that. Um, there is are that reasons why you'd want. Yeah, uh, I, there are other reasons why you'd want a variety of crops. Uh, you can have crop failures. So, uh, you know, like if, okay, let's say we were only eating like one or two foods. Okay, well, if those crops failed and we don't have anything else that could resist like a drought or some sort of fungus or insects or something like that, then we'd be really fucked. Uh, we need food variety for uh, health reasons, things like that. I, I can come up with a number of reasons for why. Um, but yeah. yeah, like this this idea of like absolutely maximizing well-being to the greatest extent, Um I, I don't or minimizing, agree with, I, minimizing yeah. the number of animals that need to die, right? Also, yeah. So, so choose the I, I plants that you can survive off healthfully, while um, while minimizing the number of animals that die. Yeah. So I, I don't necessarily ag agree with. Okay, let's absolutely maximize to the greatest extent possible, like how many animals we end up killing in agriculture. Um, if you actually look at the data, the amount of animals that are killed in harvesting like different crops, like vegetables, grains, it's actually a very, very, very minute difference. So just based on that, I'd say, no, I don't have any moral responsibility. If there was like a hypothetical crop where, I don't know, like thousands of times higher animals died versus like eating something like beans or rice, then sure, I, I'd probably say like I'd agree we shouldn't eat that, but no, the difference between crops and animal deaths, it's pretty insignificant. Gotcha. And thank you very much for your question. This one coming in from Grimlock says, rock DNA, though. Uh, let's see. Gotcha. Sigifredo Sarabia <laughs> says, both, for both of you, if asked, why does maximizing well-being maximize well-being? How to answer when agreeing with morality of the population or concess? in control 
Okay, that's a, a really weird question. Like, by definition, maximizing well-being is maximizing well-being. I think he was trying to say, like, like either ask, how do we determine if something maximizes well-being or if um, there's really any way to maximize well-being? Because you could try to maximize well-being, but in doing so, you could significantly reduce uh, well-being in one aspect. And maybe just based on our preferences, we'd prefer to not maximize well-being. Um, so like there's no way to really know if we are truly maximizing well-being i mean we can make approximations um maybe in some circumstances more accurately than others and yeah you are going to run into situations where maybe maximizing well-being um interferes with some preferences you have and maybe particular preferences you have with regards to i don't know personal rights and freedoms you care more about personal rights and freedoms than maximizing well-being of the population so yeah you can come into conflicts with that Gotcha. And thank you for your question. This one coming in from Alan Green said, would you eat other hominids if they were still around? Oh, I think he means like chimpanzees, monkeys, things like that. I think that's for you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I would say that uh, for me personally, um, my, the trait is a human and sentience, like extreme extremity of sentience. So I think for example, it's worse to harm a gorilla than to harm like an ant. Um, right. There's a spectrum of sentience humans at the top. I think primates are pretty close. I mean, I think they're way below us, but they're, you know, if you had to rank order, it would be near us. So I feel bad about um, people eating, you know, hominids. Gotcha. And thank you very much for your question. This one coming in from Daver asks, how come veganism has a very high dropout rate? So uh, I, I know what he's talking about. He's talking about the phonolytics study, uh, which was a survey on how long uh, like vegans and vegetarians stick to their diet. Uh, important thing to know about that survey is they weren't actually looking at whether or not people were vegan. Uh, what they did was they asked people if they were eating a purely vegan diet. So they were only looking at diet, not whether or not they were actually vegan and avoiding things like leather, uh, wolf, and and also you know sticking to a plant-based diet. So what they found was okay, most people eating strictly uh, plant-based, they fall off very quickly. I think within the first two years, most people eating strictly plant-based, they end up going back to eating meat. Uh, but what they found was people who followed the diet long-term, so over two years. Uh, majority of them actually stuck with the diet long term. So I, I think you can extract from that is people who are actually vegan and care about, you know, these ethical principles, avoiding meat, dairy, eggs, uh, other animal products like wool fur, they will stick to the diet long term. But the people who are just eating plant based for health reasons or something, uh, they'll, they'll probably fall off. Gotcha. And thank you for your question, Steph Kruba. Let me know if I'm mispronouncing it said, if the professor agrees that harming animals is unnecessary health-wise, how can he make wellness-related objections against veganism? Uh, because uh, wellness uh, is not just concerned with health. It's concerned with um, how, the, how, the, how your brain interacts with what you're doing. So, you know, it's good to do things that feel good, for example. And um, eating feels good. Gotcha. And this one coming in from Lycanthropic Testicles. Appreciate it. Said, so if I'm a psycho and get pleasure from stepping on puppies and grinding them into the ground, it's ethical to do so because I get more pleasure than the puppy suffers? What the heck kind of a justification is that? Well, I mean, um, it's not, I guess it's not moral because 
uh, we we think that torturing you know puppies is wrong. But uh, yeah, I mean, people that eat meat, you have to be comfortable with the fact that animals have to die for you to do that. And if you equate that to killing a, a puppy, then you know that that's you know, all meat eaters have to come to terms with that fact. You're basically putting your well-being above that of the animal. Yeah, actually, could I ask you about that? Would you be fine with uh, killing and eating like dogs and cats? When you say fine, I mean, I say I would find it personally, personally disgusting. Personally. Yeah, I find it personally disgusting because I was raised in a society where eating uh, cats and dogs is, you know, is, is pretty disgusting. But <laughs> um, but I, would get, oh I can't give you a rational <laughs> reason why I can't give you a rational reason why I should eat a pig and not a, a, a dog. If all I care about is its sentience. Right. OK. Next up, Grimlock, appreciate your question, said indoor vertical aeroponic farming solves our current agricultural problems but people still insist on quote-unquote traditional farming okay um not much to say there there are um, new farming technologies that are more efficient that are more environmentally friendly that end up killing less animals uh there is veganic farming that actually seeks to do that where you don't have to use um, any like any sort of strategies to kill off any animals, including insects. So I would be in favor of using those farming technologies in the future because it will um, maximize the amount of food we can produce while minimizing the harm that that food produces. Gotcha. Daver, thanks to your question, says, how does a slaughterhouse specifically profit on just torturing animals? I don't know if anybody said um i okay so i think he's trying to say that you know me saying it's like wrong to torture animals like he's trying to make a point that there's some sort of practical reason why they're doing it like it generates food um we can produce enough food to feed the population on a plant-based diet uh if anything actually it would maximize our food resources if we were to follow a completely plant-based food system if you take a look at the un's latest climate report on chapter 5 page 76 they actually outline how Moving to a completely plant-based food system where no animal products are used, that would generate uh, enough food to feed the population in 2050, which is going to be much higher than now. Um, and we would actually use less agricultural land than we currently use today. So plant-based agriculture, extremely efficient. Um, I, I don't see how just because it makes food, that's a justification to torture and kill animals. Gotcha. Thank you very much. And Taint Muselix says... Vegan gains name the trait that justifies human exploitation under capitalism, but not animal exploitation. Okay, um, exploitation is a really weird, vague term. Uh, I know there's a lot of socialists and communists who say if you are like working for anyone, like even if you're a Hollywood actor and you're making millions of dollars, that's considered exploitation. I don't see how like work is inherently exploitative just because, um, I don't know, your boss or something is making uh, more profit than you are. Um, you can sign a contract, you live in a free market, you can be your own boss, you can create um, you know, your own businesses. Uh, and it, it makes sense that your boss would probably make more money than you because like, especially a business owner, because they have way more risk in their business than you have. They've invested way more time, money, effort into creating the business than you have. So yeah, I think they'd make sense for them to make more profit off of your work. You also don't have to agree to, you know, whatever contract there is, you can, um, you know, argue for making a certain wage 
And I, I don't see how communism necessarily gets rid of this issue. Uh, you can talk to plenty of people who lived in under communist societies like in Russia, China. Guess what? I, I, I have quite a few friends and family members who lived under communism and they say it sucked. They were exploited. So I don't necessarily see how, you know, communism is an answer to worker exploitation. Gotcha. And thank you very much for your question. Appreciate this one coming in from iPhone Musing says, shout out to Monkey Pretzel, Bunny, Prismo, and Finn. Thank you for that. And Daver, <laughs> by the way, folks, everybody, we 100% of Super Chats will be going to charity today. So thanks so much for partnering with us on that. We disagree on a lot, folks, but this is something we nonetheless agree on as well as fair debates. And so thanks, everybody, for your support and you're pitching in. Daver, thanks for your super chat, said, name the trait that makes it okay to stomp a crying baby in a stroller, but not a crying puppy. Uh, Babies are much smellier than puppies. That's my answer. And they sound more annoying, too. Something has to be done. With that, folks, we want to say thank you so much for being here. It's always a pleasure. We have linked our guests, those who, uh, Richard, who has a link, in the description so you can hear plenty more where that came from for this debate I want to say thank you everybody for hanging out with us and yes do not miss it carissa is hosting an epic debate tonight between enternax and vosh and so hey hit that subscribe button and that bell notification you don't want to miss it folks it's going to be epic and that's live tonight at 9 p.m eastern time so with that Thank you so much to our guests, though. It's been a true pleasure, Vegan Gaines and our professor guest. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with us today. No problem. Thanks to both of you. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. I'll be back with a post-credit scene about upcoming debates, folks, so stick around. And thanks, everybody, again. Be right back in a moment. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.